Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> Welcome back to Hardly Minding My Business. I'm your girl Dashing D. Oh, what a week. What a week. <laughs> what a week. Jeez. The weeks are just getting longer. And truly, because um, fall is upon us. But um, I don't even really know what to say. Like, it's been a weird week. It's been a really weird week. They say they say that when Mercury is in metro, when Mercury is in retrograde, it's because I was thinking of something specific, and it clouded my. Uh, <laughs> it did not compute well. When Mercury is in retrograde, that things will go awry, things will be out of whack. That's what people say. I don't know the whole science around um, Mercury in retrograde, so I'm not gonna pretend to know, and I'm not gonna try to explain it. But what I will say is my favorite way to say it is Mercury is in microbraid. And I got that from XD, uh, for the, from the Jaden XD podcast. Um, that's usually how he describes it. But yeah, things have just been kind of off tilt in the past week for a multitude of reasons. And, and, and honestly, in some ways, I don't have the answers. I don't know what the reasons are, but... It is what it is. Um, I'm hoping that you all are getting through it. (laughs) If you believe in that sort of thing, I hope you are making it through because, uh, let me tell you, just, okay, positive, on a positive note, I have been working out, I'd say working out regularly, for almost two months, uh, maybe coming up on two months this week or next week. Um, I really wanted to get into running and I, and I've never been, uh, let me back up. I've never been someone who is good, who I find is good at exercising or keeping up with a routine. I'm really bad at it. Um, I've kind of been able to, you know, make it work. Um, I mean, once your eating is on point, you can kind of manipulate the exercise situation a little bit sometimes. Not lately, though. I mean, I just think that I'm getting old. I think that my body is getting older. And it's like, girl, the things that worked before just don't work anymore. And I respect that. I'm trying to respect my body as long as my body respects me. And the reason I say that is... I've just kind of, um, I don't know. I've been surprised at the way uh, my body has been responding to this new, um, to this new routine. Um, so I started out as interval training. Um, in the beginning, it was like walk for three minutes and run for two minutes, things like that. And then it would, over the course of several weeks, it gradually increased the amount of running that you're doing. And yesterday was the first day that I ran for a total of 25 minutes straight. I'm so excited. I did not think I could do it. Um, I I will preface it by saying that I've been running on the treadmill. I have not run on concrete yet. I am terrified to do that, but I think I'm going to attempt to do that this weekend um, because I would like the remainder of the run plan to be outdoors if I can. Um, Weather permitting, of course, I have my designated days where I, you know, I, I do, I do my workouts and then in between I try to make sure that I, you know, get a certain step count in or, you know, I go do some additional exercise. I'm, you know, I'm trying. It wasn't really a weight loss type of situation. It was more of me wanting to kind of build up my lung lung capacity so that I could do long, 
runs for extended periods of time beyond a minute or two minutes, which at the beginning of this, I could not. Um, But I'm so grateful and thankful to my body for allowing me, (laughs) giving me the, the, like having the strength. I just, I didn't think that I had it in me. Um, And obviously part of it is your body, right? But another part of it is mental. I, I, the way that I talk myself through these runs is so funny. Um, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Like sometimes you got to talk yourself through it. When I got to minute 19, I was like, come on, Dion, come on. You've got six more. If you could do 19 minutes, you could do six more. You know, you have to like psych yourself into doing it. Um, and so I'm trying to get better at doing that. Um, I'm not as scared as I was before I went into the 25 minutes. I knew I knew I could do a good amount of running, right? Which for me, for me, it's a good amount. I know there are plenty of people out there. I'm sure people who are also listening to this podcast who run long distances, who run for 30 minutes or whatever it is, or an hour, or have run marathons or half marathons. This plan was for, it was called a couch to 5k plan. So it was definitely for the most beginning of beginners. Um, but I'm really proud of it. Like I'm, I'm so excited uh, that I made it through 25 minutes. I, again, I did not think my body could do that. Um, when I tell you I have asthma and, <laughs> and my body goes through a lot of different changes, especially, uh, when the seasons are changing and we're currently in a transition period right now, I just, you know, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, 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 I'm so thankful that, that I, I could do it. And I, I don't know. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to be able to do it. I'm glad that I, I continue to, to go for it. Um, honestly, yesterday I wasn't, I didn't anticipate being able to get it done. Um, I didn't anticipate going to the gym, but I said, you know, let me go. Let me go. Let me try it out. Let me see how it works. I could tell, I don't really think that I've lost much weight, but I can tell that I've been losing inches, which is nice, but that wasn't, that wasn't the, the initial goal. So, um, that I'll get to. <laughs> that I will get to. But I was trying to really uh, work on, you know, training myself to breathe and being able to uh, do these runs. And I'm 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 pleased with myself. I'm pleased with the way that my body has responded to it. It also like makes you um, take care of yourself a little better. You know, put a put a few extra vegetables on your plate. Uh, drink an extra glass of water a day because you want your body to continue to be resilient. And that's kind of where I've been, which is great for me, um, which is great health wise, of course. But yeah, I'm really proud of myself for that. Um, we sometimes forget what the things that, you know, our, our bodies are capable of. Um, I know I did. And so, (laughs) so I am just very proud of myself and I know I'm going on and on about it at this point. So I'm going to, uh, end that part there and just say that, you know, I'm looking forward to continuing doing it. Um, beyond that, what else is going on? Um, well, I should mention the fact that we... I recorded the podcast the same day the Emmys happened, probably while the Emmys was happening. And so I did not get to fully discuss any of it. Um, I didn't get to see any of it. I know the key points, um, so we will talk about those. Uh, Shirley Ralph won. Um won an Emmy. Quinta Brunson won an Emmy. Zendaya won an Emmy. Um, who am I missing someone? I'm missing someone and I can't remember who it is right now. 
I can't remember who it is right now, but the the star of the night um, and the person that people are talking so much about and have been talking so much about for the past week is Shirley Ralph. Um, she won for, I believe it was Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy um, for Abbott Elementary. If you have not seen Abbott Elementary, I, I recommend it. Um, definitely check it out. It's very funny. Um, I'm really excited for her. I'm really excited. Her career, the, the list of accolades, the list of, of jobs, the list of things that she has done over, over the span of what, at least two decades, um, is amazing. And it's, wild that this is her first Emmy. Um, but she got her Emmy. Her kids are excited. They're very happy. If you did not see that video of, of her kids, I, <laughs> I encourage you to go Google it. Um, look for it on the internet, look for it on the social, the, the social media. The, what? what is wrong? Why can't I talk today? Look for it on social media because the, sound of her children hearing that she won an Emmy while they were in the room and while they were, I'm sorry, my phone buzzed and it completely distracted me. The sound of them hearing that she won that Emmy while they were in that room and screaming like, holy hell, I, it was crazy. It was wild. It was I got chills. Like I teared up just off of that video of hearing them scream for their mom and 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 then watching all I went to her son's um ATN. I went to his uh Instagram the day after and was looking at his stories and he had a bunch of stories of of them enjoying themselves, of them waiting for their mom to come outside after she had won. Um, it was just, a, it was a really beautiful moment. Um, she got up there and she sang and, and her speech was incredible. It was, it was beautiful to see, you know, I'm always rooting for the black girls. So I was really excited about this. I was really excited about Quinta. I was really excited about Zendaya. I don't know. There is a fourth person that I am missing and I apologize. I did not write the names down because I thought I would remember, but I should have known better because <laughs> scattered and forgetful. So I'm really excited for them. I think I think you gotta you cannot you could not have gone through this week without um, hearing about this and hearing about those who won. Yeah, I can't. I don't, I see her speech. I see, I guess they didn't post. I'm looking at the Emmys specifically. I guess they didn't really post um, everybody else's win. I see, there's a, I don't, who am I? Y'all will tell me who I'm missing because I'm missing somebody. But shout out to the Black girls for killing it <laughs> and sweeping up the Emmys. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, and speaking of black girls, we got to talk about The Little Mermaid. I don't know if we talked about this when the news came out that Hallie Bailey uh, is going to be Ariel in The Little Mermaid. It's coming out in 2023. Um, it was a big deal when they announced that she was going to be the Little Mermaid. People were asking how, how will Ariel have dreadlocks and all kinds of crazy things because, you know, people don't want to see a Black girl do that, be that, however you want to say it. Um, so a, a little snippet of the movie came out. I don't know if you can call it a full trailer, but it, it's definitely a little snippet um, Disney just did their their conference. I think it's a conference where they announced a bunch of stuff that's coming in 23, 24. I think they even went as far as 25. And I know they do that um, even with Comic-Con that just 
um, San Diego Comic-Con that just happened a couple months ago, they, they released everything that they could possibly release. <laughs> like, hey, Marvel in 2027. I'm not, listen, I, okay, okay, can we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a second? I know I'm all over the place today. Okay, so, <laughs> my Disney Plus stopped working. I don't know if it's because Disney Plus just doesn't want me to make it through. I've been trying to work my way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that I am prepared in November for Wakanda Forever. I want to be completely done with all of the movies and all of the shows by the time Wakanda Forever comes out. So that has been a journey for me because I, I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm not that big on fantasy Fantasy is, like, one of my least favorite things to watch. Um, and so I, I wasn't sure if I was going to go down this journey. But I mentioned a couple months ago that I had started. And I actually am digging it. I'm kind of into it. Um, and now I want to know more. Now I need to know what happens next. I'm very much a person who, if I start something, especially a television show or a series of some sort, or a series of books. I need to know what happens next. I cannot just leave it there. Um, don't give me a cliffhanger, or don't tell me that there's something more, because then I'll, I'll continue to seek it out until I'm completely done. So I've been working my way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I get up to WandaVision, which... I'm not pleased with WandaVision, but, you know, neither here nor there. Not relevant to what I'm saying. Um, and all of a sudden, my Disney Plus stops working. It doesn't work on either of my Fire Sticks. It, it just, it won't work on my cell phone. I have no idea what's going on. Um, I keep getting an error message. Apparently, there's some compatibility issue between Disney Plus and Amazon, uh, so I guess that means that I'm just stuck at the beginning of phase four and I don't know, um, you know, but it's getting, it's getting cool outside and maybe, maybe there will be some Netflix, <laughs> Netflix and chill time, you know, with one of the, um, w one of the boys that love Marvel. So we'll see. I don't know. Who knows? But While we're on what I'm watching, we didn't even get to Petty or Not. I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. Um, so we'll get to Petty or Not on the back end. But I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the things that I'm watching right now. So I mentioned last week that I've been watching Rap Shit. Um, the finale happened, I believe it was two weeks ago. Really good show. Issa Rae is the creator sure what I was expecting, but I was pleasantly surprised. I'm happy that it's, it reminds me of the same, it gives me the same feelings watching it. Um, there's a relatability factor that Issa Rae has down. We saw that with Insecure. So it's very easy to watch rap shit in the sense that it feels very relatable. The characters are very relatable. As far as the Miami experience goes, obviously I'm not from Miami. I'm a New York girl. So the experiences are a little bit different, but I'm also a girl who has been to Miami many a times and met many people from Miami, Black people specifically, <laughs> And it seems to maintain the integrity of that experience. I can't speak on it to the uh, the full extent because, again, that's not my experience. But from the outside looking in, it looks like they got pretty close to what that's like. I know that Kid Fury, one of my faves, I talk about him all the time. Um, he is co-host of The Read he is also co-writer on on the show and actually is a character on the show. He has he has a role as one of the friends on the show, which is super cool to see. Um it, it's great to watch him shine. And I, 
he is from Miami. He is he he understands that perspective and that lifestyle very well and very intimately. So I'm sure that his influences are all over it. So that's comforting too, right? To know that somebody in the writer's room has uh, that firsthand experience there. So I've enjoyed it. I would recommend it. It's over at this point, um, but it was renewed for season two, so it will be back. It's on HBO Max. You know, Issa is getting get getting those <laughs> those HBO those HBO checks still, and we love to see it. But Rapture was good. Um, very relatable in terms, especially if you're someone who creates. I think it's really. <laughs> It's like that, you, you know, you're trying out different things. You're trying to figure out what works. Um, and then and then something hits or doesn't. Um, that part of it is extremely relatable. So all of my creatives out there, definitely, um, uh, definitely check it out. I think that it will mean something to you in a very specific way. Also, I went to see Honk for Jesus the movie with Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown. I know people were concerned about Sterling K. Brown playing a funny role. I don't think that this was an issue for him because I don't think that he had to go too deep into another bag in order to play this character. The character takes himself very seriously. And because of that, SKB was able to come in and do what he does. And you see the humor in it because it's a satire. So that I think people were concerned about. I've heard a lot of people talk about that and say that that's their big issue, that they just don't think that he can do funny. I think that this sort of funny is is right on par for him. I don't know that I want to see him doing like full on comedy or saying things to be funny and try to make people laugh. I don't I don't know that I'm concerned with that. I don't know that I care about that. Regina Hall is always funny. Um she's funny just just being out and about and seeing her do interviews and things like that. I really enjoy her sense of humor. So <laughs> her role was interesting to watch as well. Um as far as the movie goes and the quality of the movie paid $4.80. Okay. So, you know, no sweat off my back. I went on, on, I think it was international cinema day. Um, movies across the, across different theaters were like three to $5. So I went and I paid less than $5 to see this movie. I thought it was funny. I also think if you are a fan of those two actors and you understand what they do outside of this film, it's a lot easier of a watch. If you're not familiar with them, it might be harder to, I think it's just funny. Part of the, the joke was the two of them being in these roles together. Um, so from that perspective, I enjoyed it. I could see why people are like, I don't know. I think people think it was, I, th- I heard that there were busloads of church people going to see this movie and not realizing that it was a satire, not realizing that it was making fun of <laughs> their whole thing. <laughs> please, please inform your favorite church folks that this movie is not... <laughs> This movie is not that. It is not like a church film. It is definitely poking fun at a system that is flawed um, (laughs) and often broken. So, yeah, warn them, please. I would want to know in advance. I wouldn't want to get there. And then, you know, the curse words start flying and it's just not what they think it is. They think the movie is about a revival or something like that. And they sit down and it's Sterling K. Brown and, and, and Regina Hall reciting the lyrics to Nuck If You Buck. Which funny story about that. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but apparently both Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown weren't familiar with Nuck If You Buck before the movie. 
I was like, but how, how did you miss that? Like, what era was that where you would have missed it? I was I was confused, but it was an interview that they that Regina Hall did on the Breakfast Club, and she she confirmed it. She said, "Yeah, we didn't really we weren't really familiar with the song," and I was like, "Huh?" I mean, who doesn't know? Hey, oh, now we knocking, they're bucking, they're ready to fight. Like, who doesn't? There there's a section of the black community that does not know that. And if you don't know that, if you're listening to this and you don't know that, please go to your nearest player streamer uh spotify apple wherever google it youtube and just type in nuck if you buck and get your life because where have you been and someone did you a disservice by not sharing with sharing it with you i don't i just i can't even understand that i don't even know i don't even know how that happens i don't know how you you've moved about life and you just you missed that that part of black culture. I mean, it is truly, it's truly a cultural phenomenon. I don't, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of like musical cultural phenomenons. Maybe this is something that me and JD need to talk about on uh, Let's Have a Real Conversation since we do music over there. But there's certain things that have to be mentioned when you talk about um, music and cultural i culturally iconic music that is not necessarily what we what we deem as the most highbrow or the most um skilled of of songs but they are so culturally relevant so nuck if you buck is one annie up is one people act crazy when annie up comes on especially in the club i mean i have not been in the club in whoo so long but Annie Up is that girl. Like Annie Up does that shit. What else? The Electric Slide. By no means an incredible song. But we all get up and dance to it, don't we? That takes me to Swag Surf. <laughs> what else? There's so there's so many um, that I could sit here and I could go all day and I could think of a bunch of them. Poison. Uh, Belle Biv DeVoe, there are just certain things that when you hear it, you know what it is. Um, even if you are not the person who gets up and dances to it, you know what it is. When you hear it, it, it just, it, it it resonates, right? So I, yeah, I would love to, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up and see if we can, we can zero in on that um, over there because, you know, that's, that's where the music focus is. So I don't, I, 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 would love to save that um, so we could talk about that. But I digress. Um, check the movie out on Peacock. It's on Peacock. If you have Peacock or you you can get a free trial of Peacock, check it out. I think that it's really interesting. It raises a lot of um, thought-provoking conversations about the church and about about some of the the wrong the wrong that has been done. Um, in that area of things. The last thing I want to talk about this week, as far as what I'm watching, is actually going to be surprising to some. Because it's white mess, okay? Y'all know I love white mess. Also, I want to talk about Married at First Sight. There's some things going on this season of Married at First Sight that I want to dive deeper into, um, some specific topics that I would love to talk about. So we will get there. Um, I think I think that's a good that's a good uh, conversation to have next week. But white mess. So I have been watching this BBC show called The Split. Actually, I just finished watching it. It's three seasons long. The la- the third season is the final season. It's six episodes a season. And this show is about divorce lawyers. So the show opens with um, a lawyer who has just left her family firm. Her, her mother, and her sister were running the family firm. It was a family law firm. She decided to leave and go to another firm. And... 
now she's working there. She's practicing family law. And so there is a lot of clash there because they are competitors. But it goes way beyond them being legal competitors. There is so much mess on this show because, again, this is about divorce lawyers. So you're not only seeing stories about the people in <laughs> the people being serviced by these lawyers uh, who are getting divorces. Those stories are interesting, but the most interesting stories of all are the actual people who are litigating. I mean, they are so wrapped up with each other and intertwined. There are marriages that may or may not be when the, the whole thing is over. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. A lot of who just mess. I can't even, I don't wanna, I don't wanna give it away because it's so good. It is so good. I could not believe it. Once I started watching it, I could not stop watching it. I had like a uh, not so great weekend. I wasn't feeling so well. And all I did was I slept. I worked on a little project that I, I will share with you guys soon. And I I watched this show. So uh I could not I could not stop watching. Y'all have to watch. I mean the twists, the turns, the uh the betrayal. <laughs> the betrayal. I mean, every minute when you think that somebody can't do something worse, it happens. The worst thing happens. I don't know. I was very much in escapism mode um, over the weekend. And so this really, this really struck me and I would recommend it. Hell, I would watch that shit again. Pick a, a snowy, a snowy Saturday um, <laughs> in the winter and I just need something to kind of escape into, that would be the one. That would be the one for sure. So yeah, definitely check that out. Let me know what you think. Um, that honestly, of all the things that I talked about today, don't, don't tell anybody that I told y'all this, but that is my favorite. That was so good. So good. Just, whew, so good. Anyway, really good show. Check it out if you can. Um, it's current, too. It's it, it just ended this year. So um, it's pretty current in, in terms of the way they speak about social media um, and just, you know, where the world is today. So um, that's good. Because I know sometimes I send y'all down a a 1990s rabbit hole sometimes. Um, I dive into the early 2000s when I when I binge watch a show. Um, that's not what I did this time. I did something that was really current and really enjoyed it too. So definitely check that out and let me know what you think about that. What else is on the docket today? Hmm. You know, well, you know what? What I do want to dive into, something that was said on the show, I almost forgot about it. There's a couple on the show. I won't give it away who, but there's a couple on the show um, who is preparing to get married. And one of them has doubts, serious doubts. And, you know, it's it, it was kind of like that thing where a series of unfortunate events happened and finally the person was like, ah. Uh, should we do this or should we not? Like, is this a sign? And surprisingly, the response that the fiance gave was, let's get married until we don't want to be married anymore. I thought that was really interesting because I feel like that's something that people don't really say, even if people are thinking it, which I think, I think we live in that world already where that's what people do, right? There's no, there's no longer you're staying in a marriage because you got into this marriage and you're just not going to leave it because it's the right thing to do to stay in it. I mean, I'm sure that there are still people who do that, but 
by and large, that's not really the sentiment of the society we live in at this point. The sentiment is that, you know, divorce does exist. Um, It is there for a reason and it is there for people to use if they need it. But then that begs the question, Should marriage then be on the table or should we should we reevaluate the way we look at marriage? I said on this very podcast, actually, um, that I can't remember what episode this was, but this was a long time ago when we talked about should marriage be a renewable contract? Should marriage be something that you walk into knowing that after a certain period of time, you are able to renegotiate the contract? That's not a bad idea. I still am not against that. I think that it makes sense considering that a lot of people, what do they say? I don't know if this is this statistic is still correct and accurate, but what they do typically say is that, or what they used to say at least some years back was that 50% of marriages end in divorce. And if that is the case, then should we look at marriage as, as, as something that can be renegotiated? Does that make it easier in terms of the legalities involved in it? Does that, does that open things up? For you to say, okay, after five years time, we're going to sit down. We're going to look at this document. We're going to decide, are we still in love? Are we still committed to this relationship? Because some people may say that, you know, they didn't get into the marriage for love. Maybe they got into the marriage for another reason. Maybe it was a true business transaction and solely that. But are these terms still working for these two people? Or should these people just have to stay in this thing until they can't stay in it anymore, until they don't feel that they could be in it anymore? But at the point where people get to a divorce, a lot of times so much has happened that there become ill feelings, um, just having to battle out a divorce. Um, and being being me being a product of of two parents who did get divorced, I've seen what it can do to families. I've seen what the hurt feelings can look like. I've seen uh, what that legal battle can look like. And many people talk about how it's one of those things that you don't ever want to have to do, that you don't wish on anybody else um, because of how difficult it is, because of how painful it is. Um, I myself have not been married or divorced, so I can only speak to it from the lens of, of, you know, someone who was old enough to um, experience their parents' divorce and understand some of the inner workings of it, some of them, because <laughs> uh, you don't ever get privy to all of it, right? But I could totally see, just based on that alone, why it wouldn't hurt to kind of renegotiate things after a certain period of time and decide what you want to do. That's not what they were saying here. They were simply saying, if this doesn't serve us anymore, then we shouldn't be in it. Um, and I guess that's why I've always kind of thought of marriage as a thing that is optional, right? Like I would prefer to seek out, Ooh, seek out is very strong, but I would prefer to find a life partner and someone that I could, um, create a life with and build a life with, um, on our terms rather than seeking out a marriage, I guess part of it is that you can evaluate it on your own terms and you're not bound by this, this legality of it all. I don't know. I've, uh, to me, it makes sense. It makes sense to do a little check-in. It makes sense if you're going to do a prenup, which I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, hell, listen. <laughs> never a bad idea, right? 
But if you're going to do a prenup, maybe that gets written into the prenup. Hey, this gets reevaluated after X amount of years. And some prenups do have that clause, not that specific clause, but a clause that says um, after X amount of time, these terms change or these terms get reevaluated. So I don't think it's such a bad idea. I just, I thought it was interesting because a lot of people don't say that out loud that you know, this is a thing that we're doing until we're not doing it anymore. So I respected that very much, um, I guess is my point. I thought that was honestly a smart way of looking at it. It doesn't make it right for everybody. I don't, I don't know that that would work for everybody. I don't know that everybody can stomach that. Because what is the flip side to that? If you're someone who's paranoid and a little, you know, on edge, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe by the third year mark, you're like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? Like, where, where is this going? But it also, I think, puts a little fire under your ass, right? So that if you do want your marriage to work, you're working hard at it. You're making sure that you, listen, renegotiations is coming up and I want to make sure that I'm in a good position, we're in a good position, that we know what we want to do and we are strong and we are solid in this. So we're going to do whatever it takes to stay together. It doesn't have to be a doomsday situation. It could really just be, hey, like we're checking in, and we want to see what this looks like. Have our have have our circumstances changed as well? Because a lot of times what happens is people people start out, especially people who get married young, young, they start out with with their circumstances being one way and then I don't know, five to 10 years, 15 years down the line, their circumstances are very different. Their financial situation has changed. Maybe they've introduced children into the marriage. One thing or another has happened. So you got to be, you know, you got to be prepared for those things. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I, I thought that was a really interesting point and I wanted to bring it up because um it did take me back to that that old conversation that we had about a marriage contract and what a marriage contract would look like and and how sustainable that would be. Um, and I honestly think it would work for some people. Um, I wonder what I'm I'm trying to think about. Would I want that contract in place? I think I would. I think I would. I think it just creates a safeguard there. And like I said, I think in, in, in some ways it can have a positive effect on you and your partner if this is something that you're both really invested in. And it also allows for changes to happen and for the terms of the contract to be fluid. So I don't know, something to think about. You guys let me know what you think about that. Um, if that would be something that you would sign up for, if that was an option, if they changed the way we did things and it wasn't, um, it wasn't just a straight up, you get married and then you either get it annulled within a certain time frame or you get a divorce after a certain time frame. Um, and then there's prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, all of that. I don't know a whole lot <laughs> about family law, but you know, you know what happens, right? You watch a show. <laughs> You watch a legal show a couple times and you're like, I know, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what that is. Okay. Call me for some divorce lawyer, divorce lawyer advice. I, I can't give that to y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So there is that. Is there anything else that we need to get to? Ready or not for this week? I don't give up my seat on the plane. I just don't. I don't have a desire to. Don't ask me. I'm not going to give it away. Don't don't put your kid in my seat and then have me come and find find him or her and then ask me if they oh, do you prefer the window? Yeah, that's why I, that's why I booked that. That's that's why I did that. Don't be a grown person in my seat. 
just waiting there for me to come so you can ask me, can you have my seat? No. No, you can't. Is there some reason why you can't? Because special accommodations can be made for you if you require special accommodations. All you have to do is go to your airline, whatever the corresponding airline is, and inquire about special accommodations. In fact, when you book your flight, you can put the special accommodations in there. You don't even need, you do not even need to speak to anyone. You get to the airport, they'll flag your your boarding pass. You'll go up to the desk. They'll discuss your accommodations with you. They'll make sure you have what you need if if, if there's a requirement there. But I pay for my seat. You know why I pay for my seat? Because I want to sit in that seat. I'm not giving it away. I'm not giving it away to you. I was on a flight recently, and when I got there, there was a... A small child in the, in the seat. I didn't say anything because, uh, you know, the child is not responsible for the assigned seat. But when I when I got in front there and I put my bag in the overhead compartment, the mom was like, oh, is this your seat? Um, yes. Um, ma'am, yes, it's my seat. I was calm. I was cool, collected. You know, I didn't have an attitude or anything, thankfully. Because, you know, it was it was early morning. Who knows what I was, I'm grumpy in the morning. I'll be perfectly honest. And she's like, oh, do you, do you, you like the window seat, right? (laughs) Ma'am, you don't get that child out of my seat. (laughs) Yes, I like the window seat. I do on the right side of the plane specifically. And that is why I chose this seat. That is why I'm sitting here. So if you could just move it along then I would be able to sit in my seat and not have to have this conversation anymore. Okay, okay, we were just checking. We just wanted to see out of the window. Thank you so much for letting us. I didn't let you do anything. I got here and you were here. So here we are. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Listen, if it's the kids I know, cool. If it's my sister's kids, my friend's kids, kids in the family, whoever, y'all y'all want to take the window seat, take the window seat. The rest of y'all, I don't know you. I don't know you. <laughs> I do not know you. Why are you, what, why are you, what are you doing here? What are you doing? You take that up with the airline, okay? You don't like your seat? Go figure something out with the airline. Don't come to me with no nonsense because I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I just don't. I just don't. And that is my petty run off for this week. (laughs) Speaking of flying, did you guys hear this story a few weeks ago about the Southwest Airlines passenger that airdropped a nude photo to other passengers on the plane? And the pilot was getting ready to turn the plane around? What is wrong with people? Like, why? I think it's funny because... They said that the first person who appeared to get it declined and said they didn't want the photo, they didn't want whatever was being airdropped to them while two other people accepted it. Here's the thing about airdrop. Airdrop doesn't always ask you. If you have it turned on to everyone, you can get an airdrop from someone and you wouldn't even realize it. It'll just start popping up on your screen. Um, Unless they've changed that recently, that's how it works. Um, The only other way I think it would ask for permission is if you don't have it set to everyone, you have it set to maybe your contacts only or something like that, then you would have to approve it. But can you imagine sitting on the plane or sitting anywhere for that matter and getting an airdropped photo? I remember being on the train one day and uh, some had to be high school kids were on the on the train. And I remember these girls sitting next to me had just gotten an airdrop from one of the boys on the train and they didn't even know them. It appeared that they went to different schools, but apparently this is a thing that people do. I don't know why people do it. I mean, I know why people do it. They do it for attention, but why would you do that on a plane when you got to be on a plane with these people for what, two hours or whatever it was? It was a plane from cop from uh, Houston Hobby Airport to Cabo San Lucas. I'm going to play the audio from the pilot, actually, because it's kind of funny. Pull back to the gate. Everybody's going to have to get up. We're going to have to get security involved. 
Quit whatever that airdrop thing is. Quit sending naked pictures and let's get to Cabo. I mean, you know what? Fair, fair. Don't send your nudes over here. Do y'all like nudes? Have we ever talked about nudes? We talk about a lot of shit, and I'm not really sure if we talked about nudes. How do y'all feel about sending sexy photos and and nude photos specifically? Nude, I think, is a little bit too extreme for me. Like, I'll send a body part. But I don't know if I'm going to send a whole body. My body is not the way I need it to be yet for me to be sending full body nudes. I feel like there's a lot of staging that has to happen when, you're, when your body's not in the state that you want it to be in order to get the nudes right. Right? But maybe like a little sexy lingerie or something like that. And then, you know, boom. You know, you got to know your angles too. You got to be able to... I mean, if you're really getting in your bag, then <laughs> you definitely got to pay attention to your angles. But what you should not be doing is sending it to strangers. Don't do that. Honestly, be careful sending photos to anybody because anything can happen to those photos. And we know how people are. So, you know, be careful. Be careful, you know, and always ask for consent. Hey, can I send you this? Or maybe a preemptive, do you like when I send these? Something like that, you know, just a, just a, just a little, uh, just a little, a, a little help, uh, with <laughs> how to, how to, how to proceed with caution, but definitely don't airdrop it on a plane. Like nobody wanted to see that man's nudie photos. Honestly, I don't know what the man looked like. Maybe people did want to see his nude photos. I don't know, but an airplane, the random strangers on an airplane should not be subject to your nude photo. It just, it's ridiculous. And it's kind of gross. Anyway, <laughs> oh, what a tangent we're on. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Week so we can get out of here. Okay, so this one is interesting. Someone writes, skinny bitches got more pull than BBL bitches in real life. And to that, Scotty Bean replies, we got to find something for y'all kids to do. YMCA not open? That's a good one. It speaks for itself. I don't need to say anything there. Love you guys for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I will be back next week. Bye.